0: Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. Hello, everybody. Courtney and I are back today with another episode for you, and we are so excited for today's episode because we are joined with a special guest, Courtney's sister, Ashley. How are you today, Ashley? I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you, Courtney? Good. Good. (laughs) Yeah, so wind from raining to like 80 degrees and sunny, so
0: happy. There you go. I love that. I wish we had the 80 degrees and sunny weather here. So today's episode, we're kind of going to dive into more, you know, we love to talk about inner child healing, and we kind of got Courtney's side of the story from her upbringing and what it was like and what she's learned from it. And now we're also going to kind of tie in what it was like to have similar, but maybe different experiences with parents. Because I feel like siblings can have such a similar, but yet different experience with their parent, and that can impact each child differently. And then also kind of just going to go over, you know, how Ashley's upbringing really impacted her and what she has done in her life and how things unfolded and even her parenting style, possibly if she feels open to talk about that. So yeah, let's get started by just, you know, Ashley, introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are and what you do.
2: My name is Ashley. I am Courtney's older sister and I have two babies at home. My babies are now 12 and 10 and I take care of them. I am also a caregiver to my 23 year old brother since my mom has passed. So I've taken on that responsibility and I have a wonderful fiance who I've been with now. We just had our 20 year anniversary and he's amazing. (laughs) I love him. 20 years.
0: That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. How old were you guys when you guys met?
2: We were 14. We were 14 when we started dating, but there were other times that we realized that we've bumped into each other even before that
0: wow that's like a soulmate connection honestly like when you're like bumping into each other like way before you even met I think so (laughs) I feel that way absolutely so I'm really interested in hearing I don't know if this is like what you guys want to start out with but I'm interested in hearing a little bit about how your upbringing really impacted you today
1: yeah I guess I would also like I guess I did a whole episode about my strained personal relationship with mom. Mm. So I think it would be interesting because we're siblings, but I think each person has their own unique experience and relationship with a parent. So maybe you could highlight a little bit because I feel like, I feel like my outside perspective is that like you and mom were always closer, but it would be mm. interesting to hear more of like your perspective.
2: So me and mom definitely had a different relationship than you and her, but I think it was because I was easier to manipulate. And Sense. I think, <laughs> i think that it took me a really long time to see that.
1: And I confused it with love from her. Hmm.
2: And even as an adult, I just always did whatever made her happy because I wanted her to love me. Mm,
1: yeah. So like, no,
2: no I seem backwards. to have that same problem that you do that, like, she was kind of there, but definitely not emotionally there. Mm. So, Very
1: unemotionally available. Oh, I feel so bad saying that. <laughs> no, yeah. I-, but, I mean, the older we got, the more she was like that. And it's strange because when you think back on it too, a lot of people in our family like of mom's family variety talk about how that's how her mom was. Like her mom was very nurturing towards the small children in our family. And as they got older, she became much more ruthless with them and like emotionally detached. And then that's exactly I feel like what you're describing with mom is like when we were little, she seemed but even when we were little, I feel like I don't know, I mean I'm sure you actually remember more than I do, but Meme used to take care of us a lot.
2: Oh, we were with At least what feels like to me, we were with other people quite a bit. I mean, I remember being with Meme a real lot. I remember being with Nana and Pepe. Aunt Tiffany, we were definitely with a real lot. But those places, I think, were our escape.
0: Hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, you know, and I want you to know, too, I think many listening can probably relate to this. But when you have so much love for a parent like you said, it's really hard to see how they may be manipulating you or, you know, Mm -hmm. and I felt that guilt for a really long time as well, where it was like, I don't want to make my dad seem like the bad guy or like be the bad guy or whatever, because, you know, he is my dad. Yeah. And you love them. Exactly. And then you get, you grow up learning a lot too, that like, you know, your parents are your number ones. They're supposed to be your number one supporter. They're supposed to be there no matter what. And they should be respected. Yeah, they should be respected. Exactly. And I think that can really easily get us caught up in not seeing how we are being disrespected by them. Right. You know? Mm
2: -hmm. Well, and I think that with the way that I allowed her to treat me, a lot of it was because by by the age that she started, I mean, she probably always treated us that way and I was just little, so I didn't see it. But I, I, by that point, I was probably early teen, like 10, maybe like real young. And by then I had already been through so much trauma with the physical abuse with my real dad. And then there was sexual abuse with my stepdad and do it just emotional was... abuse
1: from our mom because yeah and I would
2: say I don't know if I would say abuse I would more so say neglect
1: mm. I
2: more mm-hmm. so felt yeah but emotional that's like a neglect. form
1: of abuse I, yeah. th- I think of it as like a form of abuse or like you know the way that she invalidated us yeah from having feelings and emotions and then invalidated your perspective and journey with that that trauma of that sexual abuse and how she kind of i, I guess for me I, I never understood like if you felt like and maybe you can give a better perspective on this uh, how like were you ever dormantly like resentful or angry with her and then like oh, do you yeah. feel like that led to a dysfunctional relationship with her because she didn't protect you in the ways that you needed her to and like also she made you she made you hide the truth for so long
2: Oh, I was super angry with her. I'm, I think there's even still now a huge part of me that's angry with her because she knew I told her there were times where even with dad that she, quote unquote, like protected me and like got in between us yeah. and whatever. But looking back and now that I'm a mom, the way that she knew how to protect us. And I say that in quotes, finger quotes. Yeah, she. <laughs> It wasn't enough. Mm. And I don't, I'm not okay with that.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it's, it's absolutely valid to feel like that resentment, that anger, that frustration, that's a lot to process. It
2: broke my trust in her. Mm. And I think that at such a young age for Courtney, because for me, when the sexual abuse was going on, the very first person I turned to was my little sister. And she was the one who told me that I needed to tell our mom.
1: It's like, you need to tell, that's not no, that's not okay. It was
2: actually her that gave me the confidence to tell
1: mm-hmm.
2: and say something. And I think that when Courtney saw that there was nothing really done and this person wasn't made to get away from us and we were forced to continue to live with this person, that also broke Courtney's trust in my mom at a real young age. Mm-hmm. And then there was all the emotional neglect or abuse and and
0: I would even say manipulation
2: oh there was a Especially lot of with that.
0: you I feel like I've seen a lot of manipulation with yeah. you in
1: particular because
2: she could get me to do what just about whatever she wanted yeah yeah from how to get that out of me
1: I would say like the two big differences in like right around when we started like our and correct me if I'm wrong or add anything you want I think the big difference was like once we were preteen to teen years which is wild we were your your daughter's age Ashley which I know. you know like think about your daughter and like the life that she has with you and it's completely different thank god
2: um, I try so hard
1: but it, it was it was one of two relationships that my mom was going to have with us it was either she wanted to manipulate you and I was completely defiant because I was like I'm not going to do that that's not right I'm yeah. not like your personal slave. I'm not going to bring you your cigarettes every five seconds <laughs> when you move from room to room, or your cup of coffee. Like, or get I, the
2: remote at the end of your bed,
1: or do your laundry for you, or like whatever other crazy, ridiculous crap that went above and beyond like my 11 year old chore list. And so that turned into physical and emotional neglect from her. And then Ashley, on the other hand, she. Because I like was rebellious and then we didn't have a relationship. She relied more heavily, I think, on Ashley and manipulated her even more. And I didn't realize at the time that everything I was offloading just put more on Ashley.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And so as an outside perspective, like hearing, you know, the different sides and seeing how you both are very like, I feel like the what's the word? I don't know if I would like trauma responses are different possibly is the word I'm looking for. But so what I saw with Courtney was she was very like ready to just be completely different from her family. She wanted to like show that she was nothing like them. She wanted to go do her thing. Super hyper independent. Wanted to be free. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, and then I look at how you handled everything and responded. It was like, I feel like I have to put everybody's needs before mine I have to focus on yeah. everybody else and not myself and I have to take care of everybody and I'm not allowed to and I have to fix all of yeah, it Yeah, fix everything essentially. yeah she was a fixer
2: I played the middleman between my sister and my mom a real lot too just that, to try and oh, keep yeah, it that's
1: another which like is it was very <laughs> stressful It's very interesting that we can talk about it now. Even when my mom, before my mom passed, we would still talk about it, like my sister and I. But my mom, up until even right before she passed away, she was still doing the same thing that she had done since we were kids, which is like she would corner my sister in a situ, a social situation without me around, Mm -hmm. tell her something, or get my sister. She knew Courtney was the stronger one. Yep, Or get my sister to tell her something that she wanted to know. And then she would come to me in a separate social situation without my sister present and would manipulate and change the story so that like I would look be like mad at my sister. sister. Yeah. Yep. And then when we were kids, we it took us a while to figure it out. But even as kids, we started to figure it out. Yep. And so-
2: to realize she was literally playing games between Courtney and I trying to get us mad at each other
1: and it worked yeah I mean it worked for a long time yep it was crazy even even, honestly it got really bad I would say when I went to college and me and my sister probably got along probably the worst we ever did during that time and I feel like it was really fueled by a lot of the stuff my mom was doing I was just gonna bring up
0: the, the um like how you guys worked through that conflict with one another because I feel like you probably have compared yourselves a lot to one another
2: oh yeah we were Courtney and I have we've always been compared to each other our entire lives yeah and I've always had a hard time because I've never been as good as Courtney
0: but <laughs> that's also but a limiting belief.
2: Is. I mean that. I mean oh, that in nicest but that way.
1: That's a limiting belief as well. It's just it what's is. been po-
2: portrayed yeah. my, in my whole
1: so, life. and then like, the the, op- the juxtaposition of that for me is that I was always seeing the pressure as the was one who could figure it out on my own. And yeah. so I had this immense pressure to succeed, which is astronomical, probably caused a lot it of it wasn't my- fair to either one of us because it put so much extra
2: added pressure on Courtney to be perfect and get straight A's and this is just one of the examples I'm using school as one because this was a major one that where they would compare us all the time and I me and Courtney both just we learned differently we're two different people Courtney mm-hmm. is a very book smart person she's she's that's just the way she learns. I like she to study something like, yeah she likes study? to study uh it's just her thing well, I know that I've I'm been studying more, on her birthday <laughs> literally yeah. she like Courtney will study like at a Dinner that she's out at. Like she's, Mm -hmm. it's just the way she
1: is.
2: (laughs) I, on the other hand, would
0: choose to be drinking
2: at that dinner. You know, we're just very different people.
0: Which is interesting. It's like, it's like a coping mechanism for Courtney. It's like she felt like she had to prove her worth by being super smart and succeeding. And then you escaped from your problems because you were always focused on everybody else. So the time that you did have for yourself, you used escapism.
2: Yep. And I, and Mm -hmm. I think that I felt like, Doing for other people and taking care of other people. It made me valuable. It made me valuable. So it made me feel good. So that's why I always did it because for me, I couldn't get the straight A's mm-hmm. that satisfied those people. Yeah. So my next best, best thing was look, I raked the entire yard for you. Mm-hmm. And not only did I do that, but I did this and that and this and that and this. And it just now mm-hmm. I'm 34 years old and my love language is
0: acts of service acts of
2: service for people because over time that's what I've learned to do
1: yeah 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 and like there's been there's like a few things I wanted to say so I was going to say like the the juxtaposition thing that I was going to say is that I always felt like I either a didn't get enough I felt like I was always compared to Ashley in terms of like they were telling her that I was doing a good job but I wasn't getting that feedback and I wasn't getting the emotional support that it took to go on those journeys. It was just college like, oh, was look, she's doing it. Good oh. for her. College was like immensely hard, but I also at one point had three jobs and went to school full time and like had to figure it out, and it it was really difficult, like emotionally and physically. I mean, I lived with you part of that time, Lauren, so you kind of know. But and you felt I think that's why, like, yeah, I felt very isolated and alone, and and I think even I started feeling that, like I said about like a preteen year, which like my sister's the one who saved me when I tried to commit suicide. So, but it's it's hard because. Of that comparison of like we're two different people, but because they tried to put us in these boxes of like changing each other to fit whatever mold, it caused us to butt heads because I saw Ashley as the favorite and Ashley saw me as like the successful one. And that's how they like labeled us. Uh And then it created this animosity between the two of us. And we add in the dysfunctional community. Right. And then you add in like the dysfunctional abuse that was learned around us on how people communicate and we would fist fight each other and scream and yell. And that's how we were, that's how we were communicating during those times. And that's not healthy.
0: No, no. no. So I think what would be really probably inspiring for people listening is sharing how you guys were able to work through that see through the manipulation and then come back together and like have a really strong close connection
1: the only funny thing I can think about actually is remember when we were little and we'd be like okay this is the story we're gonna tell mom we have to have every detail figured out and it has to be the exact same story you can't say anything else it's gotta be the same story and so it's really sad it's a funny story but that's funny to me now I'm trying to remember
2: if that if you're talking about when we used to like do things that like we weren't supposed to be and we'd have to have our story straight or if that's the times when we were younger and I met like I would beat you up and then mom would yell up to us and be like what's going on and I'd put my hand over your mouth and be like I swear to god if you tell mom what's going on we're both gonna be in trouble and you
1: and then Courtney would be like nothing nothing's happening yeah yeah, it's like ridiculous. Ridiculous. but I feel like even when we became teenagers and we wanted to go do stuff, she wanted to like stick us like there was so much parentification with our younger brother. And I I sometimes I feel bad because I think that there was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but some animosity towards or between us from you to me as well during that time of like me being in college because I pulled out of the house
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I didn't have any of those responsibilities or manipulations that were being pushed on you. I was, so I was going dumb. off and doing my. Own, I was going off and doing my own thing. Yeah. But at the same time, I was pretty isolated.
0: Wow, it's really interesting hearing how opposite your guys' experiences are, <laughs> which goes to show they, like. Right now, like even being like I'm not a parent yet so I can't speak on this but I feel like just my brother and I too growing up we had completely opposite experiences he was super sheltered and like babied and like really cared for over the top and then I was like pushed to be independent and was out and about and doing my own thing nobody like paid attention to what I was doing and it was just it's so interesting and I really did not like my dad for a really long time but my brother would go and see him and would have visitation with him where I would not so it's really interesting to see how different sibling dynamics can be like the experience that you have with your parent is so different did you find like that you had different experiences with your dad too
1: oh yeah yep for sure yeah yeah uh yeah we have like different things I feel like we bonded on I got along about Courtney
2: was daddy's baby
1: Plus, like it was very
2: well known that Courtney was Daddy's baby, and she knows yeah, it better. She's yeah like, oh my God, it was very it was made absolutely clear. and I think that was just another one of those things that was like uh, to the list. But at the same time, I had my own little personality, and I was Daddy's tomboy because my at that point in my for a long time of my dad's life, he didn't have boys. I was his boy, and he loved mm-hmm. it. We'd work on cars
1: together. We'd the rules are no blood, no broken bones. You cannot, cannot cry. Right. Yep. Oh wow. That was one of our dad's things. Yeah. And I cried when I broke my arm. Yeah, yeah. and and dad still didn't believe you. <laughs> believe you. Yeah, and then yeah, that's that was my wrist because I broke broken my arm and my wrist. Oh yeah, that's, that's another good. story. Yeah.
0: So you guys, <laughs> yeah. So even with your dad, you had different kind of upbringings. Not to like circle back to the question, but circling back to the question that I had asked earlier about um how you guys worked through you know that comparison and finally like mended your connection and were able to grow really close to one another. It was texting. Texting.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of it has honestly been through texting. Mm. And I think that in a weird way Courtney living so far away has actually brought us closer in a weird way. Mm. Because I think Mm. when it's hard stuff like this, and we're weird with emotions, Courtney and I. You know, yeah. I mean, you love Honor more than more than I think I ever have, but it's just because of the way that we were brought up. But. I think for both of us, it was, it was just easier to be more open and honest with each other through texting and give each other that time to honestly reply in a healthy way and just really hear like each a thoughtful other. Way. Yeah,
0: you know, it's like interesting because I feel like I can express myself so much better when I write it out as yep. opposed to speaking it to someone
2: it's almost like when mm-hmm. like
0: it you time to reflect
2: well like you know how mm-hmm. when you're like upset with somebody or whatever and they they tell you to sit down and write a letter to that person mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like that same therapy mm-hmm. i think because it gives yeah. you that time to think about what you're gonna say so you,
0: you're not as reactive
2: yes you don't make the mistake because where we grew up in such screaming and yelling dysfunction even sometimes I don't know about Courtney but I think so but sometimes we still tend to naturally go back to that once in a while there's things that will push us over and we kind of snap
0: can react like, yep. aggressively or just like even passively and we sometimes have to catch like ourselves passively. but yeah
2: you know, that I think that's how we we realize too that we've grown in our so own actually, individual ways. here's a
0: good question when you guys have to deal with conflict. How opposite are you with your the way that you deal with conflict? Are you similar to Courtney, where you have to kind of step away and, like, you're more passive about it and, like, you have to reflect?
1: Oh, yeah, I shut it? down. Um, I, I completely shut down.
0: I would say, or do you want to talk about it right away?
2: It depends on how upset I am about whatever is going on. Because, again, I can be quite a hothead. And <laughs> it's something that I've really worked on. I get that from my dad. One of my dad's best features. Yeah, and my mom had her own great attitude. So, like, that mixed kind of equals a bomb. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Courtney's seen this bomb go. Uh,
1: I was going to say, too, like, I think. Our, our relationship definitely I would agree like having the distance made it better I think as I got older I had more time to reflect on who I am in my own journey and where I wanted to be and then obviously Lauren you've been very influential with like your spiritual awakening and digging into your own childhood trauma and kind of like sharing that whole process that you've done a lot with me and so it made me look at mine and then I always felt like my sister I felt like I had a lot of like physical things spoken about me, like how I physically looked growing up or like, I love my sister. She's going to hate that I say this. People would say that I was book smart and not street smart and it still pisses me off because I actually am. And I can figure shit out. Not that she meant it like that, but people would say those things or people would like laugh at me and be like, you're such a nerd. And like, I would, I I internalize those things as like being my characteristic traits and them not, and then, me, you know, obviously with the internet and like I said, your help and all kinds of psychology stuff that's all over the place now, TikTok, Instagram, made me realize that those were narratives that other people had told me that as a child, I internalized. And it was like part of my trauma cycle as well. And so I think me trying to also be very open with my sister and share my process of like, it's okay to have boundaries with mom. You should have boundaries with mom. If you're exhausted and you can't do something for someone else and they're mad at you, that's their problem. And it's okay that they're mad. Don't absorb that. Me being able to tell her, like, you know, if people told you you weren't smart or you weren't good at school and you can't do school, That's their narrative they're putting on her because she's just as smart and just as capable as I am because I've seen it in other aspects of her life. It just wasn't things that people spoke into existence when she was a kid that like forced the narrative that she believes about herself now. And so like, I think all of those things helped me on my journey and then I kind of like spread them to her and kind of like giving her little nuggets when she's ready and then she can kind of do and go off with of them as she sees, like as they benefit her. Because I don't want to push her either on her journey. Like her journey is her own, and she'll kind of navigate it however is best for her. But it me a lot already, though. You got me. Yeah. started to begin
2: with, and that's how I kind of got to see the, the manipulation with mom. You know. Yeah.
1: Was... Well, because too, like the mom thing is so much to unpack, right. and it's just like I don't know. It. I just. I went through a really hard phase of like almost every day for a really long time. I would cry to Lauren. I would cry to Trevor. I would cry to you about how it felt awful that, mom barely talked to me she was not interested in what was going on in my life she never remembered what was going on in my life and then she didn't seem to actually care when I put in the effort and it was like she didn't love me and that's how I I truly felt unloved like I felt I I mean I've said this to you before Ashley and probably Lauren and, and Trevor that like when dad died both my parents died. I think being able to like be honest with you about that and have you start to understand where I was coming from was big for me because it made me feel like I could trust you more. Good and under and like I was understood. I don't, I don't know if if there, you have a experience or you can think of like a moment that kind of like maybe that clicked for you in the opposite way or.
2: Um, I think for me, no like, pressure.
1: I don't know, right, I'm trying to think of like a certain.
2: I know, okay, so this is like one that we had not that long ago. So sometimes Courtney has a, well, I don't want to say sometimes, but most of the time she has a hard time being like mushy with me, but we've, that's something that we've worked on. We even tell each other we love each other and stuff. And so to me, it's like all those little things that we're working on because we didn't get them out of our mom. We feel like weird mm. saying them to each other. And like, yeah. when I see Courtney, like the minute she walks out of that airport, I just want to jump on her because I miss her so much. But like to her, she's like, okay. yeah, oh, That was your three second hug. Get off me. It's weird now. Like, and I just want to, I just want to hang on. I don't want to let her go because I know she's going to go back home and leave. But So that's something that we recently talked about and we both agreed on trying to be better with, trying to call each other more, which I think we've both been pretty good about lately. We
0: have been. Yeah, right, woman. Now that I'm starting to figure out your days off and stuff, it's been better. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. It's just time. We have different expectations going on. (laughs) I try. (laughs) Well, she's good. It doesn't always happen, but we try.
1: teen person I just sometimes I call her on Sunday morning and forget
0: she's still asleep. well and Courtney has mentioned this before when people don't answer her phone call she uh can get really like internalized that sometimes well I'm sure oh yeah as much anymore but you used to yeah Yeah, I'd be
1: like why don't you answer me (laughs) are you ignoring me are you mad at me yeah yeah that was a big one and that probably had to do with mom and dad I still have that problem one thing I was gonna say A difference in our relationship with dad is that by the time I got a little older, I would say like maybe like five or a little older than that. Dad had anger problems. It's no surprise. Dad was very angry. As Ashley said, the physical abuse that she endured, I didn't really, I didn't experience it. I'll acknowledge I didn't experience any physical, like anywhere near the same physical abuse. I think my dad like kicked me in the ass really hard like once and he got yelled at by his mom because she saw it but like it was not the same that Ashley had experienced and maybe that's just because I was born a little later I don't know like why it was different but like I will say that when my dad had angry outbursts and he would yell I think as early as what actually like eight years old I would look him dead in the face and be like, this is unacceptable. I'm leaving. And I would walk out of the house and leave and be like, I'm not going to tolerate this. No,
0: that's funny. I used to do that with my dad too. Like after, but this was when I was like older. He used to yell all the time when I was a kid too, but I didn't stand up for myself really. But when I was, like, a little bit older, I remember I went to go visit him in Florida, and he had one of his, like, episodes where he was just not being nice. And I looked at my brother, and I was like, I'm leaving. You can come with me, or you can stay here, but I'm leaving. (laughs) And he came with me, and we, like, walked down the street and found, like, a random Panera and just, like, hung out there for, like, five hours.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. I think the last time it happened, I was in high school. I think I was like 16. And my dad went to like slap me across the face. And he had never hit me like in the face. And I looked him dead in the face when he had his hand up. And I said, if you hit me, you will never see me again. And I was dead serious. Mm -hmm. Then he would make like a little joke out of it after he'd be like, Oh, I better be nice to Courtney or I'll never see her again. I'm like, To me, it was, like, funny at the time, but now I think about it, and I'm like, that's not a funny joke. You shouldn't be hitting me. No. You shouldn't hit any kid. Never mind. I mean. No, yeah,
0: I mean, no. Like, at the end of the day, physical violence, in my opinion, is just not necessary, no matter who you are, what age. Like, if you're defending yourself, I get that. But do you remember,
2: Courtney, the, the seatbelt incident? But dad, when we were little, I, that's, that's one that, I, that you were involved in that I will never forget. You didn't have your seatbelt on and dad like freaked out because he found out you didn't have your seatbelt on and and I believe you were sitting in the middle because I remember that it was the the long like metal buckle strap that they used to have in the old the 90s yeah. <laughs> buckle, um, yeah and you didn't have that on and when he pulled over he tried to yank it from the front seat to like make it go around you so you could buckle it but he did it like he was angry and he was screaming and yelling at us. We were like terrified because you know how we would get the minute Dan would raise his voice like we were scared.
1: Yeah, I still can't deal with it. you. I mean Lauren tolerated either, but we can't tolerate yelling in the house because of it. Yeah. Hell no. Well, you ended up getting hit in the face with the
2: with the seatbelt, the metal part, because he got so angry and he like whipped the seatbelt and it hit her in the face
0: yeah i probably I cried it is, probably felt really
2: bad he did because you cried he felt horrible and your lip like because her lip hit her tooth because it the buckle hit her in the face and she had a little tiny swollen lip and it was cut i can't believe you don't remember that we were really little though
0: and you know yeah. i think back and i'm like i feel like this is because there was a lot of friends that i hung out with too and their dads were very angry as well so i feel like this was like a generation of men who have been told to suppress their anger suppress their emotions so when they finally like have something that pisses them off it like all comes to the surface at once Mm, right and you just see outbursts and a lot of them were probably abused by their dads because my dad yeah our dad dad was was by his
1: dad yeah
2: our dad I think also my dad carried a lot of anger because of how sick he was and Mm. he was sick his entire life and there was so many things that he didn't get to do or be a part of in his life because of being sick and I think that he carried that with him right up until the probably the day he died sadly and I I tried to be understanding of that and the way that he grew up uh, you know, not only being sick, but his household environment and stuff. I know that it was not very easy on him either. So I think like for the abuse with my dad, it was easier for some reason for me to forgive him. And I don't know if it's because he was sick or what it was,
1: but... I feel like it was because unlike mom, dad went to... And maybe this was forced by other people in his life, but he ultimately went to counseling and mm. recognized that he had a problem.
2: And he did try to change the way he was with us. Like after I had Gabby, the way he was with Gabby was... it That was such a beautiful little relationship.
0: Yeah, grandparents are usually like... I, I feel like a lot of grandparents look at like grandchildren as like a second chance almost hmm.
1: like, I think the other thing that was like a big deal for me even to witness as like a like a third party you could say not really I guess technically was like we had this conversation I remember having a conversation I can almost remember like even where people were sitting it was when dad, Lived in the top apartment above the house that he actually had in Spencer. And you and Richie came over and we had dinner and you had to tell dad you were pregnant again with Gavin. And you were so scared. You were so nervous because you're like, he's going to be so mad and disappointed. And it was so beautiful that dad was like, he was so happy. And you were like, you just cried and you were like, I was so worried you were going to be mad. And he was like, why would I be mad? And you were like, because I'm not going to college like Courtney and I'm just like having another baby. And he was like, you don't have to be her. And it was that like full circle validation moment that he gave you of like, yeah, you can was, be different. It was like and be okay. it, was really, it was very beautiful. Yeah,
2: it yeah. was. Cause I, uh, cause all, you know, me, all I ever wanted to do was make dad proud. That was like my biggest thing. I got to make dad proud. got to make dad proud. And so having to go and tell him, cause I mean, I got pregnant with Gavin. I found out on Gabby's first birthday and had to try and keep it a secret. Cause I didn't know how I was going to tell people. I was only 20, 22, 23, 22. I think 23 somewhere around there and I just felt like I was a huge gonna be a huge letdown disappointment to my dad and and it just it ended up being a real beautiful conversation and he ended up telling me that he would never be proud. Disappointed. yeah that how proud of me he was and what a good mom I was and
0: that's and, really great that that shows growth from your dad which I feel like you really and you know what Courtney I'm kind of having the moment here where I'm thinking like you saw that growth with your dad with her and you probably wanted that growth so bad from your mom that your dad gave to her, but you never got Yes, it.
1: I've never got my full, even on her like, this is gonna sound so dark, even on her literal deathbed, I did not get the validation or the closure that I was looking for. I still got it excuses scapegoats wasn't my fault like and and this was something that me and you sorry I about. wasn't good enough
0: this is yeah. something that like me and you talked about though too that I think was like really powerful is not modern. allowing ourselves to feel good enough because we haven't gotten that closure from somebody that we wanted like essentially waiting for somebody who like hurt you to say sorry because sometimes mm. it can like last forever sometimes you just have to like find acceptance that you'll never get that and be okay with who you are and know that them not giving you that validation does not mean that you're not worthy
1: yeah and I think that's kind of the journey now that I'm trying to help my sister with I I don't think I'm I don't think I'm completed I think it's like one of those things like you talk about Lauren where like you'll keep revisiting it and life will keep retriggering you but I think for a long time because I saw my mom not care about herself and love on herself and have that self-respect and self-worth. I didn't have it and then she didn't love on us and so I didn't know how to love on myself. And so I see that in my sister. She doesn't know how to love herself. She doesn't know how to prioritize herself. She definitely doesn't understand her own self-worth. She devalues herself so much and it's a very powerful thing once you start to reclaim that power and you're like, no, like I do deserve these things. I am worth Worthy. I'm not even worthy because I did X, Y, and Z. I'm worthy because I'm a human. Exactly. Period. Period. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm just kind of like trying to help my sister kind of start down that road. Mm -hmm. And I think it's still something I'm working on, obviously. But
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's always going to be like a work in progress. It's just, you know, that's how life is. Life is filled with duality. I always try to keep this in mind. Like you cannot have the good without the bad because there's contrast in life and I was
1: just happen. thinking of this today I was yeah, like, like you always think like oh I'm like when you're in the thick of shit in your life you're like oh this is awful right but like there's all if you really think on it in those terrible moments you're like oh there's all these good things that have happened yeah so there is like this total duality the life of like well there's the good and the bad so. exactly and then like
0: when you're in those really shitty moments I try to remind myself well all right this sucks right now but because duality exists that means it's not gonna suck forever I can get it through won't this.
1: be permanent Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to ask my sister about that I I really admire and I do think she is doing a really, really good job um, that I'll say, I have like a couple points I'll say, is... Her parenting style is totally different from what I feel like my mom's was. And then also she's been working really hard with her kids to break a lot of the dysfunctional generational trauma cycles we've had previously.
0: Yeah, that's a great point because I was just going to say like what has been some of the most difficult challenges as a mom so far and how have you been able to reflect and move forward in those moments?
2: I actually think that because of all the Trauma and everything that we've been through, I think in the long run, it's actually made me a way better mom because I, I mean, I probably go overboard, but (laughs) Courtney, I try to be kind of the opposite. And I try to be the mom to my kids that probably my inner child needed and that's probably why i am the mom that i am i know courtney gets this as one of the things that i'm absolutely huge about is showing up for their stuff school sports anything like that i am there and never miss it nope and if i have to and if it, even if it's because of work i beat myself up and it's because me and courtney were those kids this is one of the things that bugs me
0: we'd look out at a school concert or
2: Courtney would get student of the month and there'd be no one there for us no it was like no one cared
1: or dad would come late from work but mom who was a stay-at-home mom for a lot of our lives just never showed up just couldn't even a story a sharing a
2: podcast. oh I forgot or oh I have to work well you can't leave work early or you can't like there, I just feel like there was things she could have tried to do especially I think now that I'm older I see that more and it hurts me because i'm making it work Mm -hmm. i'm doing it Mm -hmm. and i have a job i take care of both the kids i take care of the house stuff i have two dogs i have the responsibility of my handicapped brother so i still find the time to Mm -hmm. be there and do those things and i'm like how did she not how did she not find like the 10 months?
1: yeah And it makes you feel, it just makes you feel like unloved, unworthy and selfish and how selfish she was. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, it's hard because, like, how long did, how long did you do softball for?
2: I played town softball for the full, I think it's a full eight years.
1: And I did cheerleading for 11 years ultimately. And my mom went to one cheerleading competition when I was in Pop Warner. And she went to one college football game. And my mom went to to the football game because my dad died and my sister had her go and our whole family was going. So she went, but- even yeah my dad on the other hand went to every single practice every single game for softball but all the stuff for softball and he was the only dad who volunteered at the cheerleading competitions
0: yeah that's that's hard like when a parent doesn't show up and support you especially in like your passions I feel like it's a huge thing too like you loved softball and you loved cheering and it was something you were passionate about and just getting that support of you doing something you're passionate about that's so important as a kid so I definitely mm. understand how that would affect you you know emotionally even as too. we
1: got older like I feel like part of the reason Ashley didn't there's a I think obviously you can speak to this because I'm speaking for you <laughs> but like there's a few reasons she didn't do high school bas- uh, softball, sorry after she finished in the town obviously, it was the girls being really bitchy and clicky. They were pretty rude. But also, I think it had a lot to do with, like, maybe my mom not showing up. And then also, like, once we got to high school, my dad had hit like a rough financial patch, because that was around the same time, like the 2008 housing crisis. And he was in the middle of literally losing his house, but also having a new wife and new babies. And so like, The responsibility whom my mom was working at the time honestly fell on her to like pay for our sports. And she would just make, she'd be like, you guys need to pay for it on your own. And it was like a hundred dollars. And like, I had to, like the money I, the money for cheerleading, I had to work to pay for that. And Ashley, like, she was forcing her to do so many other, like, things in the house that, like, she didn't always have time to work.
0: Yeah, you probably felt burnt out a lot. And I'm, I'm I, and so this is another, like, outside perspective. Do you find that you have so much on your plate at times that it's so easy for you to feel extremely overwhelmed? And you have moments where, like, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm gonna lose my shit because I'm so overwhelmed.
2: <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I just I don't know if it's because I've tried to or I have started this whole like healing journey thing and trying to change myself with the way we grew up with the dysfunction and all of that but it's just been a real real lot
0: yeah I imagine Um,
2: but I guess in a good way as well
0: I mean it's just it's moments of self-reflection that you probably get now that you probably wouldn't have before
2: ask Courtney I have way more aha moments too Mm -hmm. even like even with good moments I'm not just saying bad moments but like there'll be, I'll catch myself slipping back into that old behavior or whatever. But the key word there is now I catch myself.
0: Yeah. You catch yourself and you're self-aware yeah, yeah, of it. You can That's something it. that I feel like a lot of our parents lacked was the ability self-awareness.
1: to- Self-awareness. I was just going to say, yeah.
0: self-awareness. Yeah. Self-awareness and accountability. I saw a post the other day on Facebook and it was like, should parents be saying sorry and taking accountability when it comes
1: to their kids? and I've heard my sister apologize to her kids and be like I'm really sorry I've got like a million things on my plate right now I didn't mean to like be snappy Mm -hmm. give me five minutes and mom will be free
2: I think it's important to be that way with them because you're teaching them that it's okay to be human
0: exactly they
2: I get overwhelmed you don't think my 12 year old gets overwhelmed exactly and it's 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 just in a different way and it's about
0: different things and when when parents take accountability when it comes to their kids like if they do something that like really upset their child and they take accountability for that, I think that's really important because it teaches the kids to also be able to take accountability for their mistakes or like their wrongdoings.
2: I think for me too, one of the biggest things I learned and why I parent differently, Courtney helped kind of guide me in this direction too, is you have to realize that a child's brain functions different than ours. There are certain parts oh, of the brain that so are not Oh, this so big when a
1: little baby. Yeah. Yes. Like you when know, we were-
2: they yeah. have to learn accountability and they have to learn that there's consequences, which means they have to make those mistakes. So mm-hmm. they're not ever going to be perfect. And that's how you learn in life. That's how you become who you are. Mm-hmm. And so I on I, to be honest, I've taken the root of honesty with my kids. I'm, for the most part, pretty open and honest. Mm-hmm. And it works really good because I... I have that trust with them. My 12 year old comes home from school and tells me all the latest drama that goes on between our friends. How many? Go home and chit chat with their mom about their friend group.
0: Yeah. It's like creating that safe space for your child. That I didn't have. Yeah. That you didn't have that safe space to come home and be like, mom, like, this is really upsetting me or this happened today. Like. And you being receptive. If me like
2: and Courtney listening. ever did that, my mom would have been like, Okay, cool. I don't have time for that. Like, I don't yeah. give a shit.
0: Yeah. I used to tell <laughs> my mom some of this stuff and she would kind of just be like, I don't know, Lauren, like that's life, like is what it is.
2: No, kind see, of like I sit with Gabby and I almost like, like I'm like, I don't want to say I'm her friend because I do keep that boundary. That's important to me, but I'll sit and like chit chat with her and be like, "Oh, really? So, like, you know, just why did that girl say that?" Or just like showing show. interest, yep. Maybe that you maybe showing interest, yeah, yeah. Because exactly. so the other way thing I believe do, it will keep her talking to me.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, I was gonna say there's two things too. Like, I think the other thing you're alluding to is that like when we were little kids. We were taught that like when you did something wrong, very similar to the seatbelt debacle thing, we were taught like you just yell at the kid. And by yelling at them, they're going to learn how not to do that, which psychology literally has proven that that does not work. So what I had seen, thanks to the friggin' internet at the time, I think Instagram was really new, but I had seen some like psychology video about childhood learning and I think I had taken childhood psychology for biology it was like one of my things we learned about how children really respond with learning with explanation about what they're doing wrong and why it's wrong and you and that children fear you because you're you're literally physically larger than they are so I like remember teaching Ashley and physically showing her when Gabby was upset and she would do something wrong as like a three-year-old I would literally get down at her level and look her in her face and I would say you're not in trouble I'm not mad but this is what you did this was what can happen you can get hurt do you understand why do you understand why that's not okay and she would be like and she and she would (laughs) Really, like stop crying and calm down mm-hmm. and then it started to actually it literally physically worked and then Ashley started doing it because I was like I was dumbfounded that it even worked I thought it was kind of like a hoax I was like well fuck it nothing else is working so let's try let's
0: <laughs> find yeah that. yeah no Um, I think that's all kids really need is explanation instead of somebody automatically reacting and screaming and yelling and being like, well, you know, that's
1: stupid. Like, why, why did you do that? Like, that was really stupid of you. Their whole existence is learning Mm -hmm. how far they can go with the boundaries and how to self, they have no idea how to self-regulate. Mm. They have no idea how to emotionally self-regulate. So what is yelling going to do? Like, that's the other thing I was going to say is my sister for the, for, for how old Gabby is and like even cutting off her bangs, like cutting her hair the other night in the middle of the night. She doesn't yell at her when she does those things. She doesn't physically raise her voice and really scream at her. My sister will literally be like, oh, this kid's going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> like, when, she, when she's not in the room, because, like, she is, like, literally testing all my sister's patience. But my sister is like, okay, because if I yell at her, she's not going to learn. She's not going to learn. Mm-hmm. So let me count to five thousand. Know, instead now she to gets this. to
2: go to school with the jacked up bangs
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like cool. yeah and you know honestly i think a child parent dynamic we're not just teaching the children but the children are also teaching us
2: oh yeah one thousand mm,
0: yeah they're teaching sure. us also how to like become con- like take control of our own emotions as well because children can test us they really are you know, I actually- have
2: come a long way with my patients. Ask <laughs> yeah. Courtney,
0: Yeah, ask Courtney. <laughs> I am not the same person yeah. I used to be. And honestly. And, and if you still do have moments, like, I think the important part is to not guilt yourself about it because chances are, if yeah. you're having a moment like that, it it's probably because you're so overwhelmed and overstimulated yeah. with everything that you have going on that, like, that's the breaking point.
2: So I've gotten better. And like this morning is a little bit of an example when I can feel it. And I know I'm like boiling and I I will tell people now, mm-hmm. like Gabby, today is really not the day because I'm just, I'm not in the mood. I don't have it in me. And she usually knows if I say that to not give me any trouble because mm-hmm. I just yeah I can't do it today yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah so you know just being so, like, yeah just being aware I go back of, to the honesty like, like well, well I'm communicating too
2: with the people around me in my home like where I'm mentally Communication at yes
0: is a game changer yeah mm-hmm. it sure is it's a game changer yeah, because well, there's
1: a difference between a parent lashing out at you for literally absolutely no reason and you feeling like you're the problem and mm-hmm. you have no idea why as the young kid and a parent telling you straight to your face, please just listen to what I'm saying. Because like, I I can't today I'm at my maximum level of like everything else that I'm dealing with. It's not you. It's stuff I have, but I just, I can't, I can't have you adding more stuff. So I just need you to do what I ask you to do. Yep. It's important because I think oh, like with Gabby, I think it, it
2: just, it helps that thought process that they, cause they don't have like a complete thought process of, like, okay, well, if I do this now, this is going to be it's that they don't want to think
0: long term. Right,
2: right. So, you know, like if I be bad now while well, mommy's already like at her max and stressed out, later on that such and such mm-hmm. is going to be what happens. And so I think explaining that and giving her that fair warning, I, I think it's it's that communication. Yeah. It's and it's me being able to teach her how to vocalize and express her emotions to other people Mm, and that it's okay to do that no matter what your feelings
1: are
0: yeah that's a big one Um, super important which
1: is her you're also and at the same time you're teaching her boundaries because you're teaching her that it's okay for her to look somebody in the face and be like that crosses my emotional boundary right now i can't do that and not be and not be manipulated right yeah
0: exactly well I can't believe we've already talked for an hour. That's right. Crazy.
1: No, I can't believe it.
0: So part two. Yeah, I know. We'll have to have a part two because this was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed this.
1: Part two
2: coming on and
0: chatting. You're
2: welcome. I feel like we just like
0: scratched
1: the I know. It's literally so, just this purpose.
0: <laughs> There's like so much that Ugh. we could talk about. But that just means we'll have to have you back. Mm-hmm. We hope that you guys have a wonderful week, sending you so much love.